Good evening and welcome to another episode of our Conversations with Coaches segment on the Turt Ferguson Report. We are back here today and we travel back out uh, to, to kind of where we started, the CSRA, and I'll get this right, the Central Savannah River area. And we were, we were talking to the head coach of the Hepsiville Rebels, Coach William Harrell. Coach Harrell, how are you doing today? Doing well, how are you? Doing great. Coach, uh, you know, you're, I, I believe this is week two of, pra- uh, of practice beginning today as we speak. How do things go today? Uh, they're going well. Uh, biggest thing right now is uh, just working on our execution and uh, just staying healthy as we get ready for our scrimmage against North Springs. Good deal. Coach, let's talk a little bit about you uh, real quick so we get started here. Tell us a little little bit about your coaching history. Uh, where'd you get your start? Why did you get into, get into coaching and teaching? Excuse me. And uh, which coaches have influenced you the most? Uh, well, I started back, uh, I was in college at Georgia Southern University from 2002 to 2006. And, uh, you know, I ended up uh, getting into the uh, coaching program down there. Uh, there's a ton of coaches in the uh, state of Georgia right now who uh, are alumni of Georgia Southern that have come from that coaching program. Uh, you really could call Georgia Southern, um, you know, coaching you um, <laughs> and when it comes to, you know, high school football in the state of Georgia. So um, I'm just, you know, one of many that have come out. And, uh, you know, I started off, they started us off in rec ball. From rec ball, I got in, uh, my first opportunity to coach in high school and middle school uh, with Pat Collins down in uh, Portal High School. Uh, that was uh, back in 2000 and, let's say, 2005, 2004, 2005, and then I continued to work with uh, Justin Chester. He, he took over for Pat Collins when he left. Well, I uh, ended up, you know, uh, graduating from Georgia Southern in 2006. I uh, got my teaching job in Augusta. And I uh, had to start with the middle school for a year. Uh, put something in middle school and coach there. That was my first opportunity to be a head coach uh, at the middle school level. And then from there, um, I've worked in a number of different schools in the uh, in the CSRA. I worked at Butler High School for a year. Um, and then I worked for Hepsiville High School uh, from 2009 to 2013. Um, ended up going down to Macon County. I uh, worked under Larry Harrell, uh, 2014 season, and then uh, there ended up getting offered the opportunity to be a head football coach at Hepsiville High School uh, in 2016. And so I'm entering my fourth year now, and uh, a couple of the guys that have influenced me along the way, uh, I mentioned Larry Harrell. He was really big in terms of helping me to learn how to establish connections and also, in understanding coaching, being bigger uh, than just X's and O's, but, you know, being able to build relationships and, and be able to minister uh, to young people's lives and just using football as a, as a vehicle for it. So I credit him a lot in terms of, you know, developing uh, a lot of the uh, foundation in terms of, uh, you know, things being bigger than football. Um, John Bowen. Uh, used to be head coach at Epsom High School, who hired me back in 2009. Uh, he was definitely an influence for me in terms of being organized, uh, you know, being able to have everything put together and also having a detailed plan uh, from start to finish, uh, not just through the off season, but also during the 
through the ups and downs of the regular season. And so um, those are definitely the two guys that have been a huge impact on me. Great deal, Coach. Uh, let's. I know earlier we we started off talking about practice today, but coach, let's take take a step back to summer. Uh, what's the most important part of of summer for your program in terms of your team team's development? Well, there's a lot of different things. I know for us, you know, we we're big on weight room. Um, being consistent in the weight room is huge for us. Uh, but I won't say that's just a summer thing. That's a year round thing for mm-hmm. us. We started in January. And we just have to continue from January all the way through the year. Uh, so if I had to just pinpoint the summer uh, in particular, I would say it's the contact camp that we go to. Uh, last year, we went to the FCA camp that was in West Georgia. It was a tremendous blessing, uh, not just in terms of the amount of work that we got in, but also in regards to uh, the relationships that the players formed and uh, a lot of the um, ministry that, you know, took place there. This year we weren't able to do it, but we went to Burke County. Burke County had a contact camp uh, right before the start of the training camp at the end of July. And, you know, Eric Parker does an outstanding job down there, of, you know, having everything organized, uh, having great competition. We were able to get a lot of good work in. And, you know, really that's like the kickoff to our training camp, and it gives us a chance to really see where we are and what we need to do and what we need to fix uh, going in, you know, going into the uh, the preseason. Good deal, Coach. Coach, let's take a step, another step back here. You talked about getting your start, and you talked about the middle school, uh, your middle school coaching. From a standpoint now as a high school head coach, are you able to get involved with your middle school or feeder team? Yeah, and, and I'll be honest, uh, We've had, you know, a little bit of uh, turnover and things with some of the middle schools we have. We have three middle schools uh, that feed into us. We have Pine, not Pine Hill, but uh, we have Hepsiburg Middle School. Uh, we have Spirit Creek Middle School and, and uh, Morgan Road Middle School. And, you know, uh, Spirit Creek has probably been the most consistent. Um, you know, Hollis McLean is the guy that's been out there. He's been out there for a long time. and He's always been a huge supporter of the program. Um, has really, uh, you know, bought into what we're doing and has, you know, really helped us in terms of being able to, you know, work with those kids, transition to uh, coming up to where we are. Um, the you know, helps of the middle school, uh, we've had a couple of different coaches that have come through. Uh, we've had um, the two guys that we've had there, uh, Antoine Neighbors, um, as well as uh, Derek Blitch. Uh, those two guys have done a great job of, you know, uh, really fostering the uh, development of the guys that they've had and, and also, you know, helping form a bridge um, to those guys coming in. A lot of those guys came in in the spring, you know, a lot of their rising eighth grade, uh, rising ninth grade. Mm-hmm. So they do an outstanding job of that. I'm hoping the guy that they bring in this year, you know, continues that same vein. Um, and so, and then Morgan Road, you know, they've had some turnover there, but uh, I believe it's Brian Neal. Brian Neal's the guy that's been there the last couple of years, and he's uh, helped us in being able to form a relationship with the kids there and, you know, getting them a chance to go ahead and get their fundamentals down. We really work with those middle school guys because they have a different challenge uh, than what we have in the high school. And so our biggest thing is just making sure that they, you know, create an environment where the kids enjoy playing football, um, they really want to continue playing football. 
Um, and they teach them the fundamentals that it takes to play at a high level. As long as they do those things, we're perfectly fine. We don't, we're not, you know, we don't mind if they run our same scheme, but we don't force them to run it because at the end of the day, uh, they're going to have challenges and different things that we just don't deal with. And I've been on the other side of the coin, so I understand uh, those new challenges that they may face. Uh, and so we're, you know, we're really blessed to have uh, those three programs really help us and, you know, getting to the next level. Very good, Coach. Let's take let's talk about your team. You were uh, reclassified this year. Last season played in 4A, and if I'm not mistaken, you were the uh, Coach of the Year, uh, Region 3, 4A, uh, turning around a program the season before you were 0-10, got to, uh, to four wins. This season, uh, you're reclassified to 2A. Coach, uh, how does that affect your team or the outlook for the season? Uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, for us, we were originally trying to, uh, go to 3A, and it ended up working out where they moved us down to 2A. Uh, I personally believe that, you know, regardless of the class that you're in, it really comes down just in terms of enrollment. Um, you know, the quality of football doesn't change going from 4A to 2A, in my opinion. Um, there's been plenty of years where 2A has been one of the toughest classifications, you know, to deal with in all, you know, all of our classes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, going to 2A for us, we we can't change our approach because in 4A, you know, we had three top teams that really kind of got after it in our region, and two of them would usually always make uh, deep playoff runs. And that was Burke County, Thompson, and then the team right under them would be Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Well, here in the class in the class region that we're in now, Region Four Class AA, we have Scranton County, Jefferson County. And then right under them is Harlem. So you, we still got that same situation in terms of having two elite programs for a rank. And then you have that third team, uh, that, you know, is right there, just right under them, right there in the mix, who, you know, is pretty tough to deal with. So our approach doesn't change at all in that regard. Um, we're still battling with, you know, uh, other Richmond County schools, um, just like we had to do in 4A. Well, 4A, we had to, you know, battle for, for uh, the fourth spot with uh, Cross Creek and ARC. In this situation, you have, you know, Butler, you have Glen Hills, uh, you have Laney, and so and you have, couple, you know, the other schools where, you know, they're all fighting to try to have their place, you know, to, to be in the playoffs as well. So for us, it doesn't change our approach. We know that we can't play to the level of our opponent regardless of, you know, whether that opponent is uh, favored over us or if we're favored over our opponent, uh, we have to make sure that we play at the highest level that we can play and then just let the results speak for themselves. Wow, thanks a lot for that information. Coach, once again, talking to Coach William Harrell, the head coach of the Hepzibah Rebels uh, out of Hepzibah, Georgia, and East Georgia. Uh, once again, like you said, Coach, just to echo that, uh, looking down that schedule, uh, and, and uh, Screven County's no cakewalk, Butler's no cakewalk, you know, like I said, Harlem, no cakewalk. So Jefferson County, you got you certainly have your work cut out for you this season, as in every other. Coach, what are you looking forward to the most uh, in 2018? To be honest with you, we're just ready to start. <laughs> we've 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 had so much in the in in the in the way of like uh, just different uh, distractions or delays and things of that nature. 
you know, we were supposed to have a spring game against Montgomery County, and it got canceled due to lightning and, and flooding. Uh, we thought we were going to be able to uh, substitute it with a scrimmage uh, against Evans. And, uh, you know, uh, credit Coach Lemuel Lackey for uh, trying to make that work out for us on such a short notice. Uh, but then we get there, we get to the actual scrimmage, we start warming up, and then we have lightning come through there and oh, it ends up canceling that scrimmage. So we ended up basically having to not even be able to have a scrimmage. And the first time we were able to actually hit against another team was uh, at the Burke County Contact Camp. So, you know, we were in a situation where we didn't even get a chance to see what we can do uh, in the spring against another team. So for us, we're just ready uh, to get started against another team. You know, we go against uh, North Springs with the scrimmage uh, this Friday. And, you know, we look at that as, a, you know, not just, you know, a chance to really see what we look like, but our players are just excited to go ahead and hit somebody other than themselves. And so we're really looking forward to just, you know, playing that, that you know, that scrimmage because, our motto for, you know, for our guys in the locker room has always been just take everything one game at a time. Um, you know, we got a lot of buzz and, you know, I guess positive, uh, positive messages and positive, uh, you know, uh, press in terms of what potentially we can be, uh, this season. But I tell my guys all the time, uh, it's one thing to have potential. It's another thing to execute. Mm. And so we're not worried about what other people are saying about us, even if it's a good thing, mm-hmm. we're still not worried about that because that doesn't win ball games. Uh, what's going to win ball games for us is executing at the right time on Friday night. Absolutely, Coach. You talked about what you're looking forward to. What let us let us in on maybe your biggest challenge that that you face this season? Uh, there's two major things we continue to you know that that we believe that's going to make the difference between having uh, a mediocre season a good season, a great season, and a special season. And those two things are going to be uh, focus and uh, being able to stay healthy. Those are the two big things for us. Uh, we are able, we've been blessed to be able to play one platoon football the last couple of years. Uh, but even with us being able to do that, uh, we have talent drop-offs, uh, big talent drop-offs from like a lot of times for some of our starters to some of our backups. Mm-hmm. So it's imperative that our guys stay healthy so that, you know, we're able to go ahead and play our best. And then as far as the focus thing, uh, you know, we're in a unique situation where, you know, this is the first time that Helsinburg has been thought of uh, to have an opportunity to be good in a long time. And so, you know, some of these players, they're, they're, you know, they've been playing for four years. Some mm-hmm. of these guys have been playing since they're freshmen. And this is the first time they're coming into the season, like, you know, really favored in a number of these these games. So our biggest thing has been to make sure that they focus uh, not on what other people are saying, but what we need to get done and, and make sure that we don't play again to the level of, of, of our opponent. Uh, we actually just execute uh, at the highest level possible. Coach, you talked about uh, the the expectation, uh, but let's talk about some of the young men who who these people are talking about. And coach, who are some of the names, either returners or uh, on offense or defense, or uh, or players that could be poised for a breakout season? Uh, whether, like I said, whether offense or defense, who are some of these young men? Uh, 
Uh, we, we got a number of guys. I know we have uh, we have two guys returning on offense that uh, were all area last year. We got seven starters uh, returning on offense this year, and so uh, we got Raquan Riley. He got you know fifteen hundred yards uh, of total offense this past season. That was rushing as well as receiving uh, and kick return, and so. He's always been a kid that's been a threat for us um, as long as he has the ball in his hand. Uh, you know, we have Corby McIntyre. We call him Big Country. Uh, he's like 6'4", uh, six, six, uh, 310, 315 pounds. Uh, you know, he's our top vocal leader, uh, especially when it comes to the offensive line. And uh, he is a uh, three-year letterman. And so, you know, he's been a huge stabilizing force uh, for us, especially along the front. Um, we have Eshawn Mays is our top receiver. He's coming back. Uh, he's uh, 6'3", 220 pounds. Uh, he has East Carolina looking at him. He's, uh, you know, he plays a lot of receivers for us. He'll likely play H-Tech at the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, just a really, you know, big, tough, physical kid, hard to cover one-on-one. Um, and then on top of that, uh, we have a kid named Andre Travis, who is uh, our slot receiver for us, uh, played really well for us this past season. He's poised for a breakout year this year. Um, you know, those are really going to be the three. Uh, Eshawn, Andre, and Riley will be really be our three uh, main guys uh, coming into the season as far as, uh, you know, uh, being a feature part of our offense. Now, having said that, we have – uh, you know, two of our other offensive linemen that returned, uh, Tajay Ivey, uh, as well as Mackenzie Woodruff. Uh, Mackenzie Woodruff right now is the most athletic offensive lineman, uh, that I have right now. And he's, you know, 6'3, uh, right at 300 pounds, has really good feet. Uh, Georgia Tech's taking a look at him. He's asked other schools to talk with him as well. And he's poised for a breakout year because I mean, he's, he's just, I mean, he has really good speed um, and, and really uh, can move well for size. Uh, as far as, and, you know, that really takes care of us as far as offense. Uh, defensively, we have uh, a kid who was voted for All-State uh, the first time since 2009, and that kid's name is Elijah Mays. Uh, Elijah Mays right now has offers, has about eight offers right now, uh, main offers is from Troy, uh, in South Florida. And then, um, he, you know, led the area in sacks. You know, he had all region, all area, and all state. And so he's poised to really, uh, you know, we're looking for special things out of him. Uh, but that whole defensive line that we got is really a stressful, uh, for us. Uh, we have Elijah Diagnat, who's just about as big as he is, uh, maybe a few pounds less, but he's about, Six three six four, uh, one ninety. Um, you know, folks start double teaming Elijah Mays. The uh, Agnes gonna have a big a big year. Um, we have about five guys coming back on defense, um, and in the midst of that, uh, we have Greg Williamson, who's a middle linebacker for us, uh, was second on the team in tackles last year, and uh, you know is one of those guys who is a constant leader for us. Has a four GPA. Uh, he's number two, he's number two in the uh, class as far as his grades and everything, salutatoria, um, and you know just really is a very physical linebacker. 
uh, from, uh, you know, from gap to gap. Uh, in the secondary, uh, we have a number of, you know, playmakers back here. We have Kashawn Morris, who's a free safety. Uh, he's a uh, two-year starter for us. He'll be a senior this year. This will be his third year. Um, we have uh, Enoch Howard, who transferred from Butler uh, High School. Uh, and he's actually, he was actually being highly recruited by East Carolina, too. And uh, he's going to be playing strong safety for us. And, you know, he's really a long kid. He's about 6'2", 6'3". Real good wiry frame, about 180, 190. And he runs a 4'3", 4'4", 40. So, I mean, he is is a terror. He's he's going to return kicks for us, too. Uh, We we got uh, Ronald Coleman. uh, He started for us last year on offense as slot receiver. You know, he'll be... Uh, transitioning to uh, cornerback this year. And uh, he's been doing very well in the spring as well as in the summer. And we have uh, Tyreek Boyd, who's going to be a three-year starter, uh, who will be playing our other strong safety. And uh, he's a you know, physical downhill kid who uh, just um, you know, likes to play physical, knows how to play football the right way. And so um, we're, re- we're really excited about the guys we got. Um, I mean, it's it's hard to pick one guy in terms of being a standout or breakout year uh, because we have a lot of you know good pieces that have come in and uh, we'll be able to contribute. Well, Coach, it does sound like you have a lot of talent on that team and uh, certainly looks like a team, like you said, that with with the expectation or the potential uh, to be a force in Region, region, four, uh, region 4, uh, we talked about a, a lot of those players on the field. Um, I know you mentioned uh, Greg Williams with the 4.0 GPA, but are there any other players uh, that are high performers in the community, community or in the classroom? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we have about right now, uh, we have about uh, between 10 to 15 kids that have, uh, uh, you know, I mean, we have actually about 10 kids I know for sure they have a 3.5 or higher on the team as we speak. And so, you know, we have a kid, like I told you, Greg Williamson. Uh, we have Renan Arroyo, uh, you know, really high GPA. Uh, I think he's like a 3.7, 3.8. Uh, he's, he's actually got offered, uh, uh, Reinhardt University. Uh, he's transitioned to tight end for us. He was, a, a guard for us. He's transitioned to tight end and he, you know, he's tight end for us. He long snaps. Uh, he's a kicker and, uh, you know, just real hard nosed kid, but he's also, uh, you know, our speaking captain. He's our top captain on our team. Uh, does a lot of stuff in the community. Uh, actually helps his dad. Uh, his dad has a lawn service. Um, and, you know, he actually helps him in, in taking care of that. Um, uh, and, and just a phenomenal kid, uh, just on as well as off the field. I mentioned, uh, Corby McIntyre, Corby, Corby McIntyre. Um, you know, really good kid. Uh, he works at, uh, Bilo, uh, which is, uh, you know, not too far from where we are, you know, where we are. Uh, just a really good kid in terms of being a leader and, uh, you know, guiding our guys the right way. Um, he first came in, you know, he had some, uh, you know, he had some, you know, some, some loose ends and different things that, you know, he had to get cleaned up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from that time to now, he is, you know, greatly matured and, and has learned to, you know, be able to be that leader, not just by his words, but, 
be able to be that leader uh, through his actions and, and being able to, you know, uh, impart wisdom into guys uh, with the experiences that he has had. Um, I mean, I got so many other guys I can name in terms of, you know, guys having a high character and, and doing well. Um, you know, uh, Andre Travis, uh, Raheem Hampton. Uh, this is probably the first group I've had uh, in the four years I've been here where it's really been able, like the players have really been able to police themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been player-led. And it's, it was a desire for us that we wanted to have, uh, but this has really been the first year that it's actually taken place. Uh, the players are really holding themselves accountable, and they're really taking charge of uh, taking ownership of you know this team and uh, what they want to have done for this season. Well, Coach, that is great to hear. Uh, I, I, there's no saying it's an attitude is a reflection of leadership. So uh, that 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 ought to be a testament to your leadership and your coaching and your guidance. So kudos to you and all of your players, uh, Coach, who are doing this the right way. Uh, once again, speaking with Coach William Harrell, the head coach of the Hepzibah Rebels. Uh, coach, just a few more questions here, and we're going to let you get out of here. Thanks again for spending some time with us today. Um, coach, are there any games that are circled on your schedule? And, I, and, and maybe not for you, but for the community, because I know that you said before that the most important game is the next game. But are, are there any in the community that are that are important? Oh man, you're you gonna try to put me in a tough. Well, coach, I, I don't want you to call uh, you. No, no. <laughs> yeah, um, I would say because, like I said, you know, for us, you know, every game is important for mm-hmm. us. Um, I, I, I'm really, you know, we're looking forward to the ARC game because uh, you know ARC is a team that you know we haven't we haven't beaten in a long time, and on top of that, you know, they were in our region. Uh, just this past year, and when we played them last year, we had our top two quarterbacks out, mm. and we were playing with a wide receiver uh, that you know played quarterback for us years back. So we really didn't come in there at full strength, and you know the way that we lost, we ended up losing with uh, basically giving up ten points on defense, and we had a a, a pick six. Mm-hmm. And so the way we lost was just very difficult to deal, you know, to deal with. And just coming back into this year, that's a game that, you know, we really, you know, look forward to. Um, other than that, uh, I know uh, our rival, Butler, that's always going to be the game. You could throw the record books out the window. Um, we can be 10-0. and We can be 0-10. It doesn't matter. Uh, and same thing for them. They're going to come into that game, and we're going to come into the game, uh, you know, with, uh, I mean, with probably a little something extra uh, in our effort, and, and just because it's just a rivalry for us uh, that has gone back so far. Uh, in addition to that, us playing Glen Hills has actually intensified the last couple of years, and that is because, uh, you know, we have actually competed very well, especially on a JV level. Uh, JV this past season, you know, we were uh, undefeated uh, going into playing them. And, uh, you know, they actually uh, they actually beat us. And so that game has kind of really intensified. We've had a couple of players who, you know, have either like, – know both – know each other. Um, you know, a couple of guys that may have played on Hepsiba, they're now at Glen Hills or, 
vice versa. And so we, that, that rivalry is kind of now, I mean, that's really starting to really turn into a rivalry, uh, the Glen Hills and Hepsom, uh game. Um, Laney is always a big one. Uh, but, and we, you know, we haven't played Laney in a couple of years. But it's going to be a real big one this year because we play Laney for our homecoming. And, you know, our homecoming is going to be on Saturday at 4 o'clock. And it's not. It's going to be a homecoming and a senior day, so it's two events in one. It's the first time we've had a Saturday homecoming, and I mean, God knows how long. And the community has been, I mean, blowing me up on social <laughs> media and on the phone and in person. Like they're just so excited about playing uh, Saturday uh, at you know homecoming, but also of all teams to be playing Laney. Laney has you know. Um, to, you know, last really, I would say the last two decades uh, has been the top team year in and year out in the uh, Richmond County school system. And you know, just recently, last year or two, they've kind of fell on you know a little bit of tough times or just a, you know a little bit of a setback. But um, they usually have athletes every year, and so uh, and also usually always have bragging rights. <laughs> and so that's going to be a big game. Uh, for our community and our players. Uh, Coach, three of those games you mentioned, Butler, Glen Hills, and Laney, are region games, so not only uh, uh, county rivals or, or, or rivals in that sense, but also that uh, goes a long way in determining uh, whether or not you qualify, qualify for that second season, which is the postseason. Absolutely. Uh, Coach, just a couple more questions for you, and thanks again for spending some time with us. What's, what's your greatest memory as a head coach? Oh, man. Um. This game has been good to me. It has. Um, and I, I have so have so many good memories um, of, you know, different things that have happened. I would say the biggest memory I've had, if, if I had to just pick one, um, and, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of them that are right there with it. So it's not like it's just stand alone. But if I had to pick one, uh, it would be when uh, – I was uh, a linebackers coach down in uh, Macon County uh, in 2014, and we were playing uh, Lamar County uh, for the uh, region title, and it was the last game of the regular season for both of us. Uh, You know, they had beaten us the last couple of years like a drum, and this was the year – for we were supposed to get revenge. Mm-hmm. You know, this was it. Uh, we were playing it in Montezuma, um, Adams Moffitt Field. And, I mean, there was so much uh, anticipation and excitement coming into it. Uh, we had, you know, Roquan Smith, who is now playing for the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was his senior year. Uh, he was playing uh, linebacker, uh, running back, and he was also a uh, punt returner for us. Oh man! And yeah, and <laughs> I mean, I mean, we, I mean, and, and everybody knows about Roquan. Absolutely, I mean, we we were stacked. Though we had a number of other players that was, I mean, that were really good too. Uh, don't don't you remember Kahari Lane? Uh, Kahari Lane is now a quarterback at uh, Arizona University. He was a sophomore then, mm-hmm. and he was throwing darts left and right. Um, you know, we had. Uh, uh, Trey uh, Trey Hill, uh, he's at, I believe, University of Georgia now. 
uh, he was a freshman at the time. And, you know, they, he was starting as a freshman, and then he, from there he transferred to uh, Houston County. Mm-hmm. But, he, I mean, we had so much talent that got signed and even guys that didn't get signed to big, you know, big schools. But that game was so memorable because, among other things, we had the helicopter. Uh, we had a helicopter fly the game ball in. Oh, wow. On the field, uh, you know, right before kickoff. Uh, the game was tight, you know, uh, a lot of big plays uh, took place on both sides of the ball, you know, both teams. Uh, Roquan, I mean, had some unreal numbers. Uh, I know Larry Harold, if he's listening to this, he's probably going to have to correct me on the stats, and he will. <laughs> but, he, I mean, Roquan, you know, we call him Roe. Roe had, oh, my God, I think he ended up having, like, uh, as a running back, I think he had like 16 carries, 263 yards. Uh, I think he had, ended up having like three touchdowns. He had 17 tackles uh, on defense. Uh, I think he ended up having two forced fumbles. I mean, he was just a nightmare. He was a nightmare. And, I mean, he's had a ton of great games, but that game right there submitted his legacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, as one of the top players to ever come through Adams Moffitt Field. And his play, he actually made key plays that ended up ultimately winning us that game and, you know, winning the region title. Uh, and that was just a memorable experience uh, that I, you know, was a small part of. And I am so grateful to Larry Harold, uh, you know, all the guys down in Macon County um, and for that experience. What a great, great memory, Coach, and, and thanks for, for filling us in on a little bit of that. Um, you know, a lot of times there's so much good, great football played around the state. You can't get, be everywhere at one time. So thanks for sharing that one with us, Coach. Uh, mm-hmm. If you weren't coaching or teaching, what would you be? What career path would you have chosen? I pretty much know exactly what I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm probably actually going to do it uh, once I retire from coaching. Uh, and that is uh, being a personal trainer. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I love functional strength training. Uh, I actually do it on my own. <clears throat> and from time to time, I've actually have trained people uh, as well, uh, you know, having clients and things of that nature. Uh, just love the aspect of strength and conditioning. Uh, that was one of the things I was brought down for <clears throat> when I went to Macon County with the strength and conditioning aspect. And so – um, I'm really big on, you know, researching uh, the latest things in functional movement. And, uh, you know, my, my mentor in that, his name is Mike Boyle. Um, you know, he really, he's really been somebody I've studied since 2008. And, you know, everything that he does has made sense. And so, you know, uh, following that school of thought is something that I've always tried to implement uh, with the programs that I've been a part of. And the more that I learn, uh, the more I'm able to go ahead and incorporate. So um, hopefully one of these days I'll get a chance to start my second career in, in doing that. Good deal. Well, Coach, once you become a personal trainer, whenever that time comes, you t- retire from coaching, what do you want your legacy to have been as a football coach, whether it's with your players or with uh, the uh, the men that you've coached with or, or in the community? How do you want to be remembered? Uh, for me – it's about making sure that 20 years from the time those kids graduate, that they're better men. It's not about the amount of games we win. It's 
not about the, about the matter of region titles or state championships we get. Uh, you know, anytime we step on the field, we want to compete, whether it's practice, whether it's games, uh, whether it's uh, some type of camp. But I want the guys to feel – I want them to be the same way in the classroom. I want them to be the same way when they get to the workforce. I want them to be the same way if they go into the military. I want them to be the same way um, when it comes to their families, when they, you know, end up, uh, you know, starting a marriage or when they have kids. I want them to have that same relentless pursuit of perfection and tenacity uh, in those other areas of their life. So 20 years after they graduated, uh, they'll be better fathers, better husbands, uh, better leaders in our community, uh, better employers, our employees, and better citizens overall. Um, I know that I won't always be able to see them in 20 years, and I know that I might not live to see all of those guys impact in 20 years. But my prayer is whether I'm on this side of the mountain or if I end up on the other side of the mountain uh, down from heaven, I'm able to see that type of impact. And if that happens, uh, then that's the type of legacy, uh, prayerfully, uh, that's impressed upon those guys. Man, Coach, that is that is awesome. Great words and well-spoken. Um, once again, finishing up with Coach William Harrell, the head coach of the Hepzibah Rebels uh, out of Hepzibah, Georgia, in East Georgia. Coach, i got one more question for you, and, and thanks again. You've been so gracious with your time today. Uh, what if, if I'm traveling out uh, to Hepzibah to, to – to the uh, one of those games you mentioned, whether it's that Saturday Laney game or Butler or to, to watch you take on Jefferson County. If I'm traveling to a home game for Hepsi, but where's the best place to get a pregame meal? That's the easiest question you've asked all day. Hepsi, <laughs> 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 but ain't been so big. But I'm going to tell you, if you want to get something from Hepsi, you got to go to KJ's. KJ's is the place to go to. They got, you know, the little uh, deli-style food. and You know, uh, they also have the little quick things that you can pick up uh, without even being in a line. But, I mean, that's a no-brainer there. That, man, shoot, you should have asked that first. (laughs) (laughs) KJ's is the place to go. KJ's by IGA. You go there, I mean, you will be taken care of. Excellent, excellent, Coach. Well, I've got my notes, and I tell you what, I'm going to have to see if I can uh, may perhaps get a hall pass. October 20th, a Saturday uh, football game is extremely enticing. Um, and so, uh, we, Coach. Hey, I want to add to that. Yes. Hey, uh, Georgia, for those of y'all that, you know, I'm going to go to the UGA game, Georgia is on the bye week that week. Ex- so, no excuses. Uh, in. Go ahead and. Make a ride on down to Helpsville and, and come see us come see at Rebel Stadium. We'll, we'll have a treat for you. Absolutely. So there's an open invitation for all of Georgia uh, to come out on a Saturday. <laughs> so now, is that, is that a night game or afternoon game, Coach? It's an afternoon game, 4 o'clock. All right, 4 o'clock uh, out in Helpsville, Georgia. Come take that and – and obviously, you've got other other opportunities to come watch the Rebels play. But if you you're looking for an excuse on a Saturday to watch some good football, uh, go watch that uh, rivalry renewed uh, Hepsiva and Laney uh, on uh, Hepsiva's senior night. Coach, thank you so much again for taking some time to talk to us about your program, about your players, about yourself. We really do appreciate it, and um, we wish you the best of luck this season.
All right. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Please remember to visit our sponsor, Yorganize It. Yorganize It helps people create order wherever it is lacking in their lives, from simple closet solutions, playroom overhauls, or whole house makeovers. Yorganize It has a customized solution for you. You can find them on the web at yorganizeit.com. That's Y-O-U-R-G-A-N-I-Z-E-I-T.com. Yorganize It. Your space, your time, your life. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of the Turd Ferguson Report and our conversations with coaches. That's going to do it for us today. Don't forget, you can find us on the web at turdferguson.com. That's T-U-R-D-F-U-R-G-E-S-O-N.com or on Twitter at turdfergusonrpt, T-U-R-D-F-U-R-G-E-S-O-N-R-P-T. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you comment in our comment section or leave us a message on Twitter. Make it a great day, everybody.